0: Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club, and welcome our author, the strong and powerful Morgan Rochard. Morgan, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Morgan is a CFA. She's a CFP. She's the managing member of Origin Wealth Advisors, the host of the Money Owners Podcast, and the author of Personal Finance Quick Start Guide. Excited to have you back on the show, Morgan. If you would, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to put pen to paper and write the book.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, George. I'm really excited to be here. Um, So I run a really small financial planning practice, and I serve 25 families around the U.S., and then I also have my second business, Money Owners, where I have the podcast, and I'm able to give lots of good free advice for people, and then also people can come to me for coaching through that part of my business. Um, and the purpose of the book was really just to reach more people. I feel like my time is limited and I do that purposely and I really don't want to serve more than 30 families at any given time in my financial planning practice, but I do have this calling to reach more people and to help more people, um, and to do it in a way that really makes sense for everybody.
0: Got it. Well, I certainly appreciate that. So I I remember the first time we talked and we were talking offline. It was in December of 2018 and how it feels like a long time has passed. Uh, But I remember I'm always impressed by people that have gotten a CFP and I'm particularly impressed by people who have gotten a CFA and then super (laughs) impressed by people that have both. So as you are uh, thinking about writing a book and the way that you view the world is is different obviously than the way everybody else does but you have it through the lens of that cfa and the cfp how cognizant of you were were you about that and being able to write a book that is easy to to digest and easy to 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 read
1: that's a great question yeah i feel like when you have a CFA charter, the first thing people think uh, is, wow, they're going to use so much lingo. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> I will not understand a word they're about to say. Um, and the purpose of the book was not to do that. So I went out of my way to really to make concepts something that anyone could understand um, or I mean, not anyone, right? Like my two year old can't obviously read this book, but sure. anyone who is at, um, you know, at a college level reading, but reading level or even high school level reading can pick up this book and just think about their life and the way that they want to lead it and then use the principles from the book to apply that to their own life. So I feel like one of the reasons why I specifically wanted to write a book is because there's a lot of information about personal finance out there, but there's not a lot out there that helps people tailor it specifically to what they need. And that's like the biggest gap. And I think that's also the biggest gap with really anybody Like when you when you go and receive financial advice from somebody. Like they know certain things, but they don't necessarily know everything about you. And the whole thing is really just taking the stuff that they know and being able to apply it specifically to you. Um, And so that's, I think, really hard for people to do when they Google something on the Internet or they even pick up a book where they're just like, all right, I kind of get what you're saying here. But like, what the heck am I supposed to do? (laughs) You know, what am I supposed to do with this information? So um, the book itself went out of its way to give people a framework for thinking about how they're going to apply it to their personal life. And then, you know, obviously there are just certain topics in financial planning that you can't get around that have some lingo and everything else. And we did, I tried to do a really good job explaining those things to make it just easier for people to understand.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, some <laughs> lingo is unavoidable unless you wanted to make up new words for for everything. But
1: Oh, totally. I know. <laughs> that's probably
0: not a good idea. So, all right, cool. So... So if somebody picks it up, you are hoping that they're going to actually just take these take ideas that maybe they know something about, some ideas they know a lot about, some things that they've never heard of and then actually put them into place.
1: Yeah, the point of the book is to for people to actually do it. So mm-hmm. part of the book is every single chapter has a little homework assignment in it. Um, And they're not long, but it's just enough to get people thinking about the subject that was in that chapter or specific subtopics within the chapter that maybe um, would apply specifically to a large group of people's lives, which I tried to take that kind of things and put them into homework assignments. That way, as you're going and as you're reading the book, you're sort of creating your own financial plan along the way. And certainly, there'll be homeworks where they don't apply to everybody. Like there's a whole chapter on buying a house. If you're not going to be a home buyer, right? It's you're not probably going to want to do that specific homework. But for everybody else who that's a really important topic, right? Then they have a way of looking at it and thinking about it, and a way of working on the numbers themselves towards the goal that they actually want to achieve.
0: So if somebody, and I, I think that that was a great term that you used. It's almost like building your own financial plan. If, if if somebody actually goes through and does the work, they will emerge. Like they'll they'll be in. in obviously, it's not done, but but they'll have <laughs> done a lot of really important work.
1: Totally, and the and I think it's something that they can revisit, right? So as we we evolve as human beings, we change. Things happen in our lives. Things happen all the time. And finance is deeply like personal finance is deeply personal. That's why it has the tagline "personal" in front of it, right? It's not just like people trading on a stock exchange. It's really like the money that weaves throughout your life. So the idea is that you can keep coming back to it. So if you did it the first time, right, the the plan that you're gonna come up with is maybe a little bit static, but it's gonna work for you over a short period of time and then you'll revisit the book and hopefully you know, go back in there and maybe the, some of the numbers will be outdated because we did a lot of 2020 tax planning numbers and that kind of stuff in there. But with the exception of that, the homeworks and everything else, the, the basic financial planning principles in there is something that somebody can keep revisiting um, and keep doing throughout their life.
0: Yeah, and that's something that people can, can use their Google machine to figure out what the numbers are from 2020 to 2021. It's the actual doing of the exercises that you have in there. That's That's the value. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And it's
1: what I do in my financial planning practice. So obviously it's a little more hands on. But when somebody comes to see me, um, I really tried to take everything that I do in my brain and put it into the book um, with some exceptions, right, with certain things that are just they're so situationally specific that we couldn't I couldn't like there's no way for me to put it in the book. Um, But with the exception of that kind of stuff, like just really the like the tried and true principles that everyone really should be founding their financial life on all of that stuff is in there and will provide the basis of a really good solid foundation
0: nice so are there certain habits that through your experience as an advisor and just thinking about money and finance all the time and observing human beings and americans are there certain habits that you're hoping to help break
1: yeah definitely so One of the things that I talk about a lot in the book, and especially in the first chapter of the book, is how our brains work. Um, And it's something I talk a lot about on my podcast as well. But we kind of get into these feedback loops in general. So a habit that we have, it might be something that came up when we were really young, when we, something we heard from, I don't know, somebody in our household, like your mom who says, you know, turn off the lights, you're spending your father's hard-earned money or something like that. <laughs> They're like <laughs> little scripts that kind of get in your brain though, but that really influence you. Or even something when you're a little bit older, you're in a teenager and you get really influenced by I don't know, some real estate that you hear about a friend's dad doing and you think that they're really wealthy, right? That might be the foundation as to why you end up doing real estate or why you think you should only invest in real estate versus other aspects of the investment market that are available. So what we, what I tried to do in the book was to address that stuff and to try to like kind of put a, put a pin in the loop, you know, to just be like, okay, well this loop is probably going to keep going, but maybe if we just sort of, you know we jazz it up a little bit and we try to stick some other thoughts in there that like eventually that loop will stop continually circulating and you'll you know be able to form a new loop and it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the old thoughts and habits will go away that stuff tends to like re-emerge when times get really hard and when we don't really want to think about things but when you do take the time to like pause reflect take a deep breath and then think about the idea that I talk about in the book a lot which is Think about your, the results you want to have first rather than just kind of operating on autopilot. Um, and I would say like for a lot of people, their finances kind of just end up in a certain way because they never thought about fixing that as opposed to they having, thinking about how weird they want them to end up and then actually working towards that.
0: Nice. And, I mean, there's no way that we're really going to know that our brains are operating a certain way unless we recognize, oh, I guess I always do respond to this situation the same way. oh, I guess I guess I do think about that because that's what my mom and my dad did, or whatever. So I appreciate that. Just helping people to become more aware and intentional about things I think is extremely valuable.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think awareness is the first step, too, right? There's the only way that you can ever really make a change is if you're aware of what you have to change. Uh, and so some of the book is really just about that of just catching yourself. Hey, oh, I'm doing that again. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm mindlessly on Amazon, just clicking and buying because I need it here in two days. But really, it costs three times as much as if I just like drove down to, you know, whatever store down the corner, um, which I know is easier said than done these days. But um, <laughs> but it's just like it's we just get into these habits and loops or I mean, people with their cars, for instance, like we all kind of feel like we need to have the car, the house, everything, you know. Um, but like, have, has anyone really sat back and thought about what Aspects of that in their life are really important like unless you're really a car person or like your home is like the ultimate for you And you don't really care about anything else in your life Those are actually really good places to save money so that you can have the money to go do the other things that people really like to do Like experiencing vacations or taking their kids somewhere or I don't know having you know Money set aside for some really important special event down the line um, That would be more meaningful than like the day-to-day of your home or car
0: yeah yeah. I wonder if there is research on that in, in terms of you know, why it is that, that we're really making the decisions that we're making or if it's just obviously it's so much of it is, is emotional if not you know, 90% of it versus I actually went through and, and made a financial decision about the kind of car that I should buy.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I there was research, I think it was done at the University of Berkeley, where they um, where they polled a lot of people, and they asked them if they'd rather have a nice house, and they showed them a picture of a nice house, um, or if they'd rather take a space trip with Elon Musk. Oh. <laughs> and... People, and they were very explicit about it. They were like, okay, you can't have both though. Like you either, you know, continue living in like a shack, you know, and you get to go to space or you get the nice house, but you never go to space. And people were like, they wanted to go to space. And it was so much more meaningful to go to space because like, it's an experience. It's something that you get to talk about. It's something that like you do and and you get to be in. Whereas your home is like, yeah, it's cool. Like for the first month or five that you buy it. And then after that, you're like, ugh, like, you already want to fix stuff, you know, (laughs) you're already thinking about everything that's wrong with the house. The second you walk into the house and you have the keys, you see the crack that's on the floor that you didn't notice before you bought it. Right. Like that's kind of how humans are. Like we're always trying to improve things in general. Um, but when something's a once in a lifetime experience, we don't have that going on in our brain and it's actually a lot more meaningful.
0: So what about for you, Morgan? Are you going to, you go go into Mars with Elon or the nice house?
1: I think I'd rather go to, to Mars with Elon, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough, fair enough. I want to see that study reproduced by the University of Iowa, so just just, just out of curiosity. Yeah, Just yeah, to contrast, a obviously, between the Bay Area and the, the middle of the country, so nice. Well, I certainly appreciate that. All right, so uh, essentially, I, I'd like to ask people what habits they're trying to break and build. Uh, we sort of talked about both of those things. Is, is there something else that you really, kind of throughout the book, really encouraging people to do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of mentioned this, but the idea of results first is really it's it's more than just being like, OK, you know, I want to send my kids to college in 20 years or whenever your kids are going to go. Right. It's like. What are the steps that you have to take to get there? What is the feeling that you get when you think about paying for your kids to go to college, let's say down in the line or whatever it is that the goal that you have um, and thinking beyond just like the kind of standard financial planning goals that we all think of, of like sending kids to college or retirement or buying a house. Like These are kind of things where people think that that's all that they need to financially plan for, but it's actually a lot more than that. Um, it's really like money kind of weaves throughout all of our lives. And we could be really creative with it. We don't have to just like do the things that everybody says that they're going to do. Right. You can I don't know, you could be you you can want to take a one year trip around the world and find all the little places and eat at all the little different, you know, little different stores along the way um, and restaurants and shacks and whatever else is in different countries and really experience it. I don't know, like without knowing what somebody wants to do is really hard for me, obviously, to come up with the goal. But I think like. When we really think about it, and we think about like w- the money that we want to have for that kind of stuff, the reason why we want to have that money is because of the feeling that we want to have when we actually go and achieve or or experience something. Um, and generating that feeling is the best way to do the planning that you have to do now, because that feeling is really far off, right? Like retirement for most like for people my age is going to be somewhere between 20 and 30 years away. It's really hard to generate a really positive feeling about retirement. And then save for it because it just seems so far away, right? Like how am I I don't know what I'm gonna be like when I'm in my sixties. Like what how I'm, yeah. I'm gonna to want to spend my money or what I'm gonna to wanna to do. Um, and so setting maybe shorter term goals or thinking about like how you're gonna feel in six, you know, six months from now or eighteen months from now is actually a much better way to be able to put away the money that you need and make the changes financially that you have to do today to achieve what you want in the future.
0: I love it. So as you are reflecting back, how 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 long did it take you to actually write the book?
1: Yeah, so I was approached um, by this publishing company, Clydebank Media, um, back in July of 2019, um, and then I didn't—I should have picked my feet up a little bit quicker and started writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I run two businesses and I have a toddler at home, so I feel like I should be given some slack. Um, so, but actual writing um, was like an intense three month period. And then, um, from there it it was like revisiting certain topics, making sure that things, everything that I wanted to be in there was in there. Um, and so that added like another three months to the project. Um, and then now we're going, you know, we're just, well, by the time hopefully somebody is listening to this, it'll be out, but we're still going through some post editing and other things right now. Um, but the majority of the writing really did take place over a six month period of time.
0: Nice. That's not so bad. Okay. No. <laughs> Perfect. And, and. I
1: remember my editor being like, Okay, eighty-five thousand words or less, Morgan. And I was like, mm, that's gonna be hard for me. And he, he's like, Okay, like nobody wants to read like your, you know, manifesto uh, you <laughs> on sure? personal finance. I bet there's so a lot of people who
0: would like to read that. I know, Thank maybe you.
1: they would, yeah. So there were certain topics that ended up getting getting cut in the end just because they're not really widely something that applies to most people. So, um, but I did really try to take as much as I could from my brain and shove it into a book. And then also obviously pull from references and other places to make sure that it was fully fleshed out and something that people would really get the most out of.
0: Well, amen. I love it. Well, this whole time I was waiting for a very CFAE thingy to, to come out and you talking about how 85,000 words, like you have a sense of what that would really look like is probably a CFAE kind of a thing. Cause I have no idea how many pages that would equate to. So that I just sounds either, like a so. lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just know that when I was on like word 110,000 that uh, they were like, okay, this is enough.
0: <laughs> Pump the brakes there. Viewer. Yeah. You're great. Perfect. And, and what, uh, what about the book are you proudest of?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, all of it, uh, which yeah. I know is like is such a cop-out answer. I never thought I could write a book. I have to tell you, I never thought I could do it. For starters, like I used to write commentaries in my financial planning practice, and nobody read them. And it was really discouraging. And I remember my husband being like, well, you remember you told me about Howard Marks and how he used to mail people his letter, and now it's like the most popular newsletter ever, and like people used to throw it in the trash back then. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's like, well, just keep doing it. You know, eventually, <laughs> eventually people will read it. And it had gotten to the point where like it was so stressful for me that I just started um, sending out infographics to to my clients. And then people actually really liked those and like. They started latching onto those a lot more than actually reading and and they would talk about those instead of the, you know, whatever stupid text I was sending them that was probably laden with CFA words. Mm. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so like coming off the backs of that, I mean I've been doing that basically for like my practice is six years old now. I've been doing that probably for the last four years. So it, when they I was approached to write a book, it was like, Well, I spend so much time like trying to take concepts and put them into five words, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How am I gonna write a book? But um it was yeah, like once the outline came together and then once I started writing and then once I really just started thinking about, well, how how would I want someone explaining this to me if I didn't know anything about personal finance um and then using a lot of anecdotes and kind of and helping to, you know, beef up the content by showing examples. Um, and I'm, t- I typically tend to be math oriented. So we also use a lot of equations in there where we actually showed people numbers so that they can then like take their own numbers and plug them into the equation. Nice. Um, cause I always find that that would be, that's missing in books. So I feel like the thing I'm most proud of is like, I, I thought about what I would have wanted in a book and I really made that happen. Um, and hopefully what I would want in a book is what other people will want in this book as well.
0: <laughs> I love it. And the next book it sounds like will just be a collection of memes where you will take 85,000 words and crunch them down that way. So Yeah, it's the pictures. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that'd be an excellent challenge right there. So, perfect. I love it. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the book. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they pick up a copy of The Personal Finance Quick Start Guide?
1: Yeah, so it'll be coming out on Amazon.com for sure is where you can pick it up. I mean, if you also want to go to Glide Bank Media's website, you can go there to buy the book. I'm sure for most people, it's easiest to go to Amazon. Um, you can find me, um, my website is originwa.com. That's my financial planning practice. Um, my I have Money Owners Podcast. Um, that's moneyowners.com with an S. Um, and yeah, there's I usually try to get those episodes out every two weeks, but it's been really hard this year we moved in January from New York to Texas and then like yeah like the world just (laughs) by the time we got settled like the world erupted in you know a virus and then um and my book was like we were just trying to get it done and um and like there a lot of writing took place um over the summer so um hopefully I will get that back on an every every two week schedule that's that's the hope um perfect (laughs) right now you know look for every three to four
0: I like it (laughs) Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Morgan your appreciation and share today's show, as well as her book, The Personal Finance Quick Start Guide with somebody else who appreciates good ideas. Thanks again, Morgan.
1: Thanks for having me on, George. It's always fun.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? strivedeto and get your mind, body, and money right.